2 Timothy, Paul's writing to this young minister in the first chapter, in the 12th verse, and actually in the 11th verse, he talks about how he was a preacher, an apostle, a teacher of the Gentiles. In other words, I went out to these people. This is what God had me doing. 2 Timothy 1, verse 12, follows verse 11, his calling, where he was going, what he was doing. He said, verse 12, for this reason, I also suffer these things. In other words, he suffered a lot in life. He was thrown in jail, but if you look, he was, got out of jail. He was beaten, and he'd get delivered. I mean, some pretty wild stories. I mean, if we sat around the campfire with him, we'd be like, oh, you got another one? Can you tell us another story? Serious? Like that? And then you're like, can you repeat that? And somebody else would be, no, no, let's hear another one. And you could hear story after story. But what was it that made these things happen? Was it because he went and preached? No. But in his doing, these things happened. But he said, I suffered these things. He said, nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. He said, just because people come against me because of my faith, I'm not ashamed of it. He said, nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed. In other words, he said, just because other people come against me, I know who I believe in. I, I'm personally acquainted to him. And notice this, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. Here's something every single believer can do, and it's the mindset of Paul. He said he was persuaded to be persuaded means to be induced by words or ideas to believe something. In other words, he had this information that came to him in his life. Somewhere, he got these ideas that God was able. Well, it doesn't take long if you just read the Bible. We would all say God's able. We would say it like this today. He has, because it's able, or ability. And so he said, I'm totally persuaded that he is able or he has the ability to do this. When we're not inwardly persuaded, we'll become full of fear about the things of the world and the things, the circumstances of life. But if we're persuaded inwardly by ideas and words, uh, we can be so persuaded that we believe he's able to change that, that will cause fear to be displaced in our life. But the issue is, this is a mindset. Paul took these things and started thinking in line with this idea that God has the ability, and he's persuaded. So this means, this is just Paul's process. In other words, no wonder he didn't get all upset when trouble hit. Because he just, when he lived life, he would think like, God's in heaven, God's for me. God's got so much ability, he's on my side. These are, you can find scriptures that cover this for all of us. And it's not just what we do today when we face trouble, it's all the time. In other words, if you're driving, 
Don't waste just a bunch of time. Why don't you get your mind thinking, God's big, and just start what we would call daydreaming. But do it according to Scripture and go, man, God is big. God's got, He's able or got the ability to do what? Notice He said He's able to keep what I have committed to Him until that day. Somebody's like, oh, I've been afraid something might happen to my house. I commit the house to you, Lord. No, 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 no. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about what I've committed is my whole life and everything. And when you have committed your life to the Lord, you need to start thinking like, he's able to keep me until that day. He's not only able, he's willing to do it. So what does that look like, this mindset? We need to use our minds. You know, some people get bothered. You start talking about Christians using their mind. Uh, I think probably God gave it to you so you could use it. Right? So that being said, I need to start thinking like God has ability. What kind of ability? All kinds. He's able to deal with people, so money comes to me. He's able to deal with people, so stuff comes to me. He's able to work so strong. Do you ever imagine and just ponder the idea? You can go look through the Bible and see how it happened in the Bible, how God just would deal strong with people. He would do all kinds of stuff. Do you think he still works like that today? Do you daydream like that? Because if you do... It will start affecting your heart. And so when he said he's got the ability to keep, it literally means to guard, to watch, you know, to protect you, to help you in anything. But you've got to have this mindset. And it doesn't come overnight because many times we've been trained in negative ways. We think God's big, but he's over there. He doesn't care about me. You know, he, he's, he's God all right, but, but does he care about me? You know, he's got this ability in everything, but what about me? You know, in Jesus' life and ministry, we see some pretty awesome miracles. But there's one in Matthew 9, or actually Matthew 8, 2 and 3. That it goes into more detail, but for our sake, there was a leper who came to him. And he, he's eaten up with leprosy, he's got these problems, and he comes and he says to Jesus, he said, Jesus, and he falls down and worships him. He, literally, it means he's respecting him. He's reverencing him, and he said, Jesus, he said, I know you're able to cleanse me. How many people ponder the idea that God has the ability to do it they're just not sure if he will do it. Paul didn't just have the idea and the thoughts that God could do it. He had in himself, by the way, he thought was he will do it. He can and he will do it. I mean, if you just read through the Bible, it says, what does it say? If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. 
whatever you ask in my name, whatever you demand in my name, I will do it. Well, here's this leper, and he comes to Jesus, and he said, I know you're able, and he's still full of leprosy. He said, but are you willing to do it? He, I mean, he's so close. But he had to know, is the Lord even willing to do this for me? And the Lord said, I will. Reached out his hand, and he was instantly cleansed. One thing we need to recognize is how many verses say, if you ask this, he will do this. He wants you to know he will. He's got the ability, and he will. Do you ever imagine with your mind that it's not a big thing for him to remove something to change a body? Do you ever imagine in line with the scriptures that, that devils are afraid of him and that he's given his name and he's for us and we can use his name and they'll have to leave? Do you ever do that? See, Paul had that mindset. And as he got persuaded by the way he thought from different words and ideas, his own heart got so strengthened in this, he said, I'm persuaded. I'm persuaded. You know how many people have heard wrong things and they've got persuaded the wrong way about a person, a circumstance, and they walked around entertaining a certain mindset and they're like, that person, they're mean, they're this, they're that, they're the other. And and they live their life like that. And then they have an encounter with that person. And they're all, Urgh. You know, they, they're, they, they're, they're on their heels, as we would say, or on their toes. You know, just waiting because we know how this person is. And then all of a sudden they start talking. They get introduced to him personally. And they start going, hey, this guy's pretty good. Or this lady, she's not what I thought. But words induced a persuasion. And then it took something to change it. And then what happened was that person or you or I left and went, man, they're really good. They're not what I thought. But think of how closed I was or you were or somebody was to someone else just because they took certain thoughts that we don't even know if they were founded. And we get all turned to a certain way, and we'll get our will set. Anybody ever been like that? You know, you move into a neighborhood, that's the crazy man down the street. He's mean. You know, you ever watch those movies, you know, the Home Alone? You know, the South, what was he, the South Bend Shovel Slayer or something like that? All these kids would tell these other kids, that's a crazy man over there. And when he goes and digs and throws a burning bodies and stuff like that, come to find out, once they get to know the guy, He's a good guy. But how many people become persuaded of things by wrong words and wrong ideas, and it's detrimental to relationships. How much more when people are told wrong and then think wrong about God? You with me? I knew you'd be excited about that. But I'm responsible for my own thinking. And so are you. And so I should purpose to start thinking, God's big. He's able. He's willing. You know, you can get rid of bitterness just by getting rid of certain arguments that you entertain. 
If you're a strife-filled person, look at what stimulates you to that strife and pay attention to those thoughts. You with me? You'll find, man, they build, and I'm used to being on the offensive. Where, where do these thoughts come from? And we can change things, and we're talking about being persuaded about how big God is and how he's able to work. But this works in other areas too. And so turn to Romans, the eighth chapter. Romans 8. And we're going to read a few verses here. Um, we'll read 8, 31, and 32. We're going to skip over some different verses. But this has to do with Paul's persuasion. And we can all be persuaded that God is for us. God has good for us. God wants to promote. God wants us to live victorious. God wants us to be successful spiritually in life. It's okay to succeed. It's okay to know God loves you. It's okay to believe God will work when you pray. And it's okay to be persuaded about it too. As a matter of fact, it's right to be persuaded. What if your kids or family was not persuaded about you doing good and you're thinking, no, no, I'll do it, just come on. And, but they're not persuaded about it, they're not for that idea, you'd think, come on, how much more God? So Romans, the eighth chapter, we'll begin reading in verse 31. It says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Verse 32, and this is Paul writing. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him or with Jesus also freely give us all things? Skip down to verse 34. Who is he who condemns us? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen who is ever at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us or pleads for us and is on our side. Verse 37. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Verse 38. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities, powers, things present, things to come, height, depth, and it goes on through verse 39. Notice there are several things that Paul did in verse 31. He believed God was for us. You need to start thinking like, God's for, if he's for me, that would have been one thing, but he said God's for us. So we can adopt this thought that Paul has. God's for me. The other thing he said in verse 32 that God's super invested in me or us. He gave his own son so that because he gave his son, he will freely give me whatever. He's not only for us, he's really invested in us. We need to think like God's invested in me. How many people that have done good things for you, you think, wow, that was nice of them. But we're talking one who did something nobody could do in such a fashion that's incredible. And so he's not only for us, he's super invested in us. 
and willing to have stuff. But here's what we need to do is make sure, do I think like he's for me? Do I believe he is invested in me? He has an investment in me personally, in you personally. When he sent his son, he invested in you personally. Verse 34 says that the Lord himself is ever living, pleading, praying, interceding to the Father on our behalf. He's got our back. You know, when some people come approaching the Lord, they think, oh, you know, I've done these things, and oh, you need to change your persuasion and start thinking like Jesus is now in heaven. He's not just up there watching TV, waiting till he comes back, you know, resting up for his thousand-year reign. No, no. He quit one earthly ministry and actually dumped that ministry into our hands. He was out preaching and teaching and telling the good news and preaching the gospel and training people to do that. And he said, now I'm leaving. You go preach. You go share. You tell people about me. You go do what I was doing. It's in your hands. I'm going to go do something else. You know, you ever sneak up on somebody and they're not doing something they're supposed to and then they're like, oh, yep, yeah, whoa. You know, they start acting busy. It never happens like that with the Lord. Like you go to heaven, you know, in prayer and say, Lord. And he's like, oh, oh, sorry. I, well, no, he's always for you. He's always on our side. He's invested in us and he is constantly pleading on your behalf. He doesn't change his mind and go, oh, goodness. He's up there representing you and pleading on your behalf to the Father. I cleansed them. I paid for this. I will work with them. In other words, he's for us. He's not only for us, he's representing us, praying for us. I'll tell you what, that's a good person to have pray for you. Verse 37 says we're more than conquerors, not by ourselves, but through him. So I need to start thinking like I'm in him. And Paul said after, he said, I'm persuaded that no matter what you look at in this world, I win. Why? Because he recognized God's invested in me. He's for me. He's able to work. He will work. But listen, sometimes our hearts are not here. And they should be. But my heart gets there by doing things that the Bible says I should do. Jesus said this in Luke, after he taught, he said, and then said some more, he said, let these words sink down into your hearing. Does that mean like you go, okay, now say that again, and I'm going to turn my head like this so it falls down into my hearing, but I'm going to plug this here because I don't want it to fall out. You know, people, you know, you wonder, what does he mean, let it sink down into my hearing? Well, that word in the Greek literally means the faculty of perceiving with the mind. In other words, get this in your thought life, ponder this way, and it'll get down in you. So what's he saying? I'm totally for you, totally on your side, but you have a part to play. 
And you need to let these things sink into your hearing. You need to think about these things on your own. You need to become self-persuaded. So you say, well, no, I need to let it be all God. I'm not going to be that way. Where has that gotten you? God says these things so that when we trust and call on Him, our hearts are super confident in this. And we can become self-persuaded, so to speak, by how we ponder. And it's our choice. Let's close here in Hebrews, the 13th chapter. This is another verse that Paul wrote. And it's so cool because he didn't say, this is about me. Hebrews 13. He didn't say this is about me. He said this is about us and we need to think this way. Listen, you may not persuade yourself overnight, but if you start thinking about certain things a certain way, how God is for us, how we live in Christ, His ability is strong, and He will work when I call, I guarantee you, your prayers will change. How you pray and what you see. And when you get persuaded, you won't say, oh, everybody, please come over here and pray for this person. You'll get, when you're persuaded, you go, I'll pray. God will do it right now. But you see the hesitancy in people because they haven't done what they should do. And is it hard work to entertain God as big? Is it hard work to entertain that God is strong? Is it hard work to entertain that God is for me? It sure beats thinking about other things. I don't know about you. Well, the whole world's busy, and we're Christmas shopping. We can be thinking, man, God, you're for me. You're helping me. You're super powerful. You're able and willing to do stuff. And it shouldn't be, this isn't like a one-week message. This is a mindset Paul had for his life, and it brought huge results. Hebrews 13, 5. Notice this. Let your conduct or the way you live life be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. That doesn't mean you can't have more and more and more. Prosperity is clear in the scripture, but don't covet. Be content. Don't make life about covetousness, but know God is for your prosperity. Then he goes on to say this. He said, be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said. He himself has said this. Well, then this is something I should take into my thinking. If he's telling me this, he said, I'll never leave you. Well, that's good. He's with me. But he didn't stop there. He said, and I won't forsake you. In other words, I won't let you down. We need to think like God's with me, He's for me, He won't let me down. You need to dream like that. You need to ponder like, He won't let me down. He won't let me down. He said, notice this, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Why is it that we would say, the Lord is my helper? That word helper literally means one poised and ready to come to the assistance of one who calls. 
You ever think like that? Man, God's ready. He's just waiting on me. He said that the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? There's nothing man can do to me. God's for me. And here's the thing. He was persuaded of this. This was part of his life, his internal life. Paul didn't just preach the gospel. Paul didn't just pray. Paul didn't just go. Paul didn't just come back. Paul didn't just do those things. Paul was doing something inside. As a matter of fact, all believers should do something inside. And we should think big about our God and His willingness to work on our behalf. And how do we find what He will do? We can look in the Word. We can then ponder. It sure beats going, I don't know what's going to happen when I go down here today and deal with this. Why don't you start thinking like, man, God, you are for me. Why don't you picture Him in heaven as super powerful? Not just there in all power, and you go, yeah, he's powerful. You ever had somebody come, and you're like, man, I need some help, and somebody shows up, and you're like, great. <laughs> oh, great. That didn't help. That sure didn't help. You're thinking. Then someone else walks through the door, and you're like, great. That didn't help. Now we're still in the same boat. But then all of a sudden, somebody comes through the door who's got ability, who's willing to help. You know they got your back, and you did. what a relief that is. To be able to know that because you're already persuaded about them. You're like, they're here to help. We got this covered. And it's not because you, because you didn't think you had it covered until they got through the door. But you recognize their value, their ability, their willingness. And in such a small way, things change in life. But we're talking in a bigger way. How God is.